Hi guys, welcome back to Res Roots. It is Kelly and Will is here too. Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> For this episode, we are going to do current events as you see in the title. I did the same thing with Logan and it seems like you guys liked it. Um, I did too, I actually enjoyed it. Well, let's just start with how you're doing, how, how we're doing. How you doing, Will? Uh... <laughs> Let's see, how am I doing? It was actually a rough day today. Not going into much detail on that. But uh I guess I feel like you guys heard me say it a lot in the past few podcasts that we had. <laughs> and they pray for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm saying I'm not saying this like to guilt trip you guys or anything, but it does take a lot of time and effort, you know, to do these podcasts along with school and responsibilities and mm. doing all that. Just it's hard to balance sometimes. Yeah, I would say it's been a pretty rough day for me personally. On a yeah, gee, I don't want to cry, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would. It's just I'd just say pray for us, um, especially like I would say like for me because I'm on. Uh, um, Lack of words to say is like I'm pressured. I'm under pressure now for graduation. So I've never been this scared before. Um, so yeah, I would say just pray for that. But other than that, you know, I actually had a good time, a good one-on-one with one of my guys that I'm mentoring. And man, God really came through in that. So yeah, it's been better off day, Kelly. <laughs> but uh, no, no, you good. But uh, yeah, I just, I know that it's going to completely blindside, but I thought it was just encouraging to see you, you know, putting together this whole outline for this podcast. So it really, it is really cool and, and really helpful for me to see you, you know, put some time and effort into what you wanted to talk about, because I can see that this is something that you're passionate about. So mm. I'm honored to do it with you. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. Um, I actually, uh, yeah, I do like putting this stuff together. I like looking for news. Well, I like news in general, um, just being informed, informing others as well, um, bringing awareness to certain stuff. Um, and just, you know, I know some news can be really hard. Sometimes it's uplifting and it's just good to know what's going on in the world. Um, yeah, but I'm doing good. I'm uh honestly yeah same (laughs) i yeah honestly just just trying to get final stuff done yeah it's it's always the last few weeks it's just it's just right there but (laughs) but the good thing to about today is it's a friday and it's almost spring well it feels like spring it's like 75 (laughs) degrees outside oh my gosh i'm gonna say it's payday too for me so Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is why I That's got the cool. Red Bulls for us. So. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Well, thanks for sharing. Well, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um. So just, I just kind of just wanted to jump in. Our first report is uh, in the District of British of British Columbia in Canada. There's a new graduation requirement. It requires students from K to 12 to complete Indigenous-focused coursework. I actually have a quote here from an article I read. All secondary school students in BC, British Columbia, will be required to complete Indigenous-focused coursework before graduation, according to the province's Ministry of Education. 
The change which aims to deepen students' understanding of Indigenous peoples is expected, is expected to take effect in the 2023-24 school year. And then um, the British of Columbia is actually the first province or jurisdiction in Canada to implement this type of requirement. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. That is cool. Like just for them to like, I say that's like really honoring for us as the native mm-hmm. native people of Leon, because like I, I was when you brought this one up, I thought of when um, Daniel and Kareem went overseas, mm-hmm. and then they they noticed that you know Daniel and Kareem were native, and they're like, and some of them were like, you know, just really like in awe and shock of like. Just from meeting these two, like, oh, we got yeah. to meet some Native Americans. Like, I know. And, like, some people, like, don't even know that we still exist. Yeah. I remember, uh, this was a while back, though, actually, um, like, a family friend. They went to school in Tennessee, actually, and they were out there, and they were walking down, and then walking down the street, and this guy came up to her, and he started speaking to her in Spanish. And she was like, no, I, I don't I don't speak Spanish. I'm Native American. I'm Navajo. And he was like, wait. You guys still exist? Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Yeah, that's... that's... I I do think that a lot of, whether or not, like, you know, people do receive this education, I just think that it's very glossed over representation, I should say. Um, So I I actually thought this was really cool, especially in Canada. And I think um, especially in light of the whole, this whole past couple of, two years of... Um, residential schools being brought um, into the light, and um, I, it's just really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, kind of speaking more into indigenous news, um, May fifth, which was actually yesterday, so it shows so it shows you guys when we um, recorded this. Um, May fifth is actually National Missing Murdered Indigenous Women's Day, mm-hmm. so um, it's a day to bring awareness to the MMIW movement which is essentially to bring awareness to the missing, murdered Indigenous women, to remember and to honor and give voice to the women whose stories have, who have not been heard. Um, so if you don't know, the, I think like the color that um, you automatically kind of identify with it is red, um, and they have the red handprint, which is really cool. Yeah, I was also going to say, though, um, I think it was one seeing some Facebook posts on social media of these women sharing these stories. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I almost like I was bawling like tearing up just reading their stories of what they experienced and what they've gone through. I was like, man. Yeah. And just to like give a a little story of that I feel like I can really relate with this because this actually happened in 2020 on my reservation. Um, we lost a, a relative of mine. To um, she was in a very uh, abusive relationship, mm. and so she, uh, well, yeah, man, she got she was strangled to death, mm. and the whole the you know the trial the you know, we call it the trial you know he was going through the trial. And just the, the the documents of what how the court process went and this guy was saying like how much he loved her and adored her. I'm like, no, you didn't. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> like bro, you, you strangled her. And 
Yeah, it was just really my like my anger was just high and you know, especially for my relative, my cousin. Not only like she was she was really like a really important person on the reservation. Like she was I would say like she would be at least fluent or at least almost fluent in Nespers language. Mm-hmm. And it was a big loss for the community. But she was just really well known and important to you know the ceremony the traditional ways and mm-hmm. like she was really about the culture and it was a big loss so mm-hmm. and then reading those stories too i was like man my heart just breaks for them i cannot imagine mm-hmm. thanks well um yeah and it, it is a very heavy subject i think we were actually just talking about this a bit but how much underrepresentation comes to uh, indigenous women who have been, who are missing or who are murdered. And it's just like they're another, we're another statistic. We get lost. We get lost in the bustle of things. We get, we just get to- completely overlooked. Um, but I really, I really, really love um, what this movement is doing while um really giving voice to the women who have been treated wrongly, who really do know what that's like and, like, you reading those stories. I mean, even for you to even see those stories, they're posted publicly, they're being read, they're being heard. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. And just the amount of support that has come out for this as well and the push to be represented more as Indigenous women. Um... And I guess just kind of another thing is the part Department of Justice. Um, they actually just created a website that um, launched a new website that houses new missing Indigenous persons. Um, so on there you can see, um, like, you know, who's missing, who's be- ha- who has been missing. Um, but, yeah, so as we know, like, it's a higher rate to be murdered um, than the national average on a reservation than it is right on somewhere else. Um, especially indigenous women. But that's not to say that nobody else faces hardship, nobody else faces these things. We don't we're not like belittling other people's hurt because hurt is hurt. Um and I kinda wanted to bring to light something that I found too. It's about this girl, she's a non native. She is from Tennessee. I just do want to warn you guys that this um story does contain maybe some triggers for you about sexual assault or anything so if you're not comfortable with that you can go ahead and skip ahead um but i just wanted to warn you guys um but this girl her name is mara luke she's from tennessee and she actually recently just came out about um being sexually assaulted while she was attending the christian college and so she came out uh to administrations about this and they essentially they accused her of having premarital sex, which was against the school's rules. And then rather, honestly, rather than protecting her, mm-hmm. they turned it against her. And so she that's why she filed the complaint with the U.S. Department of Education. So, yeah, I it's, it, it's really just crazy. Just, um, like, Kelly, when you showed me this, this story and just uh, you sent me the link, and I thought it was just crazy, like, for them, the leaders of the school, to actually like kind of blame shift, mm-hmm. they were like you know like just 
for, you know, obviously this is related with sexual assault. So when you're at a Christian college, and especially with sexual assault and it comes out in public, mm-hmm. um, then they're going to be like, well, it's going to put a bad reputation on our school. And so therefore, mm-hmm. let us come to this, you know, come tomorrow and just tell her like, hey, sign this paper that you confessed, you committed adultery, and we'll call it that. Mm-hmm. And which was clearly not the case as she was sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think down the road, they, ended, they eventually banned her from this campus and told her you only can, can continue the school online. So there was a lot of questions in my head that came up, and and this is what I would ask: is like, are you guys being righteous, or are you guys just protecting your ego? Mm-hmm. Because you know, like, righteous is you know being holy, being righteous. You know, that's what God calls you to be, and owning up to your sin, but also repenting and also being in that restorational process. And then ego on the other side is you know I don't like kind of like that pride. Like, yeah, it's all right, yeah. I don't need it. Um, it's gonna or I'm, it's gonna it's gonna uh it's gonna mess up my reputation and my my respect for others. So I feel like that's what the school is doing. I'm not it's just that's just really what it comes down to. I'm like, dang man, like how can you guys just do that? I mean, just completely push her out and mm. The crazy thing is that they continued, they allowed this guy to continue mm. come to school. Mm. Like, and also, like, just to say, too, that the school is small as IBC. I can't, like, it just does not make sense to me. And it makes, like, and then, like, I was just talking with Kelly earlier before we started recording. It's like, it makes me think of what other sins they address, mm. you know, like, say, like, a student that comes over there and they, you know, they're struggling with alcohol or struggling with drugs. Do they push them away too? Like, oh, then get out of here. You know, we don't want to deal with you. But no, it really makes you think. Like, instead of pushing them away, they should be like, all right, how can we, how can we help you walk through this? You know, mm-hmm. we're not gonna push you out. What we're gonna do is help you heal and restore you from the sin. But this goal has completely failed. Of what it, what it like uh, yeah well I don't I don't think it was like a, a sin that she committed obviously yeah it was a, well a sin committed to her yeah I wouldn't say like it was her but like what I was saying like it was mainly the leaders of that school mm-hmm. uh, they they committed the sin as well of not owning up to what happened and also just I mean Christ you know you think of Jesus Christ he didn't push anyone that sinned he you know he's willing to go through that hurt with you and he'll grow you through that hurt. But yeah, this for this woman to, you know, Mara to just to have this experience and like like man, the like the shame that she probably is feeling, you know, the like the dirtiness that she could be feeling in this. And if I were to, you know, meet her personally, you know, I would make sure to remind her that this is, you know, your identity is secured in him. Jesus Christ, you know, God doesn't look at you any different. And this is not how the ministry should be, you know. Hmm. So, I mean, there's just so much, like, you know, and also just not, like, not trying to sound like I'm holier than thou or anything, but 
the school has really failed to mm. really lead in the right way in this whole situation because they just completely just turned away like no I'm kind of just I'm gonna blame you I'm not gonna put this on the school so it kind of goes down to the whole righteousness and ego like which one are you for mm. you know? kind of like because this story really gets me mad it gets me angry how do you how do you turn away someone who has literally been sexually assaulted comes to you for help and yeah. you turn them away like i she i remember reading a um the article and it was saying that she and she was saying like well why did i even come out with it and I, oh my gosh like that is what so many people so yeah. many girls women feel and it makes me so sad because it's like no one should ever and i'm talking about both genders no one should ever feel that when they come out with their trauma or their abuse to another and there's that person is still there they should never feel like they should have never said anything Mm. and that is what makes me so angry is that she didn't get the right care that she needed at that moment, and which was to for them to come alongside her as fellow believers and to love on her, to ask her what she needed at that time, whether or not she wanted to press charges, because it wasn't about them. Mm-hmm. It was about her and her abuse, her hurt, and telling them, hey, this happened. Can you do something about it? I mean, even just being hurt, like, yeah. oh my gosh. I don't know. I really do think the church needs to do so much more better. I mean, even that school, mm-hmm. the school in general just needs to do so much better than thinking about your own ego rather than a human being, you know, God's creation, God's image. Oh, I back to the story. Yeah. no. <laughs> but the school, yeah, the school then threatened to expel her unless she signed a confession and finished her school year remotely. So therefore she withdrew. Um, but this brings into, and then she, well, yeah, this brings into the story, the Title IX, which protects, I don't know if you've heard about it, Title IX um, legislation or document. It protects students from discrimination based on sex, and that includes sexual assault um, and everything. And then she's, um, she brought the complaint against them because she was claiming that they didn't um, protect her um, in that situation, in that student the one who assaulted her continued, he continued to go to class. He continued yeah, to be around yeah. other students. Um, there were so many ways, so many different ways that they could have handled this, and they just chose the wrong way. Definitely. They invalidated the victim. They invalidated her. They, oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> and, like, don't get me wrong. Um, like, there's definitely circumstantial. Every case is different. Every person is different. Um like what you know, whether or not this happened on campus, off campus, did it happen with another student, a student, a person who didn't go to school there, is the person a minor? You know, it's mm. so many factors come into play with this, and I think our very first instinct is not to be about us mm-hmm. or our reputation. And as Christians, you are supposed to love one another, whether or not you believe in the same thing or whether or not you actually like the person you just have to show love as the lord has showed love to you and i i just it does it gets me angry and it gets me frustrated and my heart breaks for her 
and like how many other women have come forward and have been brushed under the rug mm -hmm. and personally like I, I um I actually haven't told my testimony um on res roots or the podcast at all um but it does involve sexual abuse um but coming out with it I felt like I didn't have um comfort mm -hmm. um or justice even in that sense so I know the feeling that to feel like you're just being brushed under the rug um and feeling very like well why did I even say that why did I even come out with it um so it, it hits it hits home for me <laughs> and that's why I'm so passionate about it I I really just want others to feel loved and accepted um, and just, you know, that it's okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I would also say, you know, if you're going through um, trauma or abuse, even abuse currently, or if you had abuse in the past, I would encourage you to go to the right people. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I feel like that's really hard to say in today's world with, you know, like how you said the church, they're not doing so well with, when it comes to real life problems, real life situations. And one thing I would just remember though is that help you get or to remind you guys is that, you know, is that we have um, you know, with me and Kelly, we found that healing by allowing others to walk in that mm -hmm. hurt with us. Mm -hmm. And the hardest thing is that we had to face it. Mm -hmm. We had to acknowledge that it was there and that was that was painful it sucks mm -hmm. but it's no longer in the dark it's now in the light mm -hmm. and that is the same it's no longer in the dark that Mara finally you know she opened up she reached out and she said now it's on the open now it's in the light and God's gonna use it mm -hmm. you know God's not gonna waste this and you also gotta remember too that Jesus did not say follow my followers Jesus said, follow me. And for us as Christians, you know, Christians, we make a lot of mistakes and whatever the case may be. It's just we got to follow him. Mm -hmm. And to add to this is that I really, I truly believe that and I truly stand by it, that this guy should no longer be at this school. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this school has completely, they could have done this a lot better, but they chose to protect their ego and protect their reputation of the school. But now, now that it's out, uh, you know, that saying or what's done in the dark will eventually find a way to shine. It's like, that's what God will do. And one thing I've been praying through the steps to freedom is that, you know, revenge is the Lord's. Revenge is the Lord's, not ours. So God will definitely honor, honor what Mara did. But yeah, thank you for sharing for your personal point of view as well, Kelly, that because I, you know, I truly see it, you know, your passion for this. So we need many women like you. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Will. I appreciate it. Um, and I also do want to just kind of make like a, a, a disclaimer. These are our own. I, I actually don't really want to speak on behalf of IBC. I know we're students, but and honestly, a lot of what we're talking about has kind of what I've taken from, you know, the classes, the love I've been shown here, um, the opportunities for healing. And 
Um, but I, I do just want to say that, that my opinions are my own and they yeah. don't represent like IBC or anything. And that was actually kind of why I did want to do this story is because the first thing I saw popped up was, what what did it say? It was like a Christian college denies girl after coming out with rape or something. And it was like a very, you know, drew me in, but like the first word I saw was Christian. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people see that and then they label, you know, it just goes into that whole labeling thing again of, well, you know, there's another college going through like some kind of sexual controversy or, you know, bunch of allegations coming out. And and I, I really want our listeners to know that we're not following, you're not following Jesus as followers, you're following him. Mm-hmm. Don't let a bad, don't let a bad picture or like people paint a bad picture of him because you're not called to follow them. Yeah. You're not following them, you're following him. And there is so much love, so much grace, so much truth in him. But we, I, I really wanted to just kind of handle this and let you guys know, you know, not everybody's like that, I guess. Yeah, it's like, yeah we're, we're all not perfect in this world, mm-hmm. you know, so we all make mistakes. It's, and just to back off that too, like, yeah, these are my own opinions. And also just saying, like, yeah, IBC, just the... The models there, we, mm. the people that are the staff members and the leaders here and how they model, you know, how they model leadership. Mm-hmm. They do it really well. Mm-hmm. And this is cool. And that's something, you know, for me and you, Kelly, to to do that for others as well outside the IBC community. Mm-hmm. Where, so that's why, you know, we're being trained up to be Native leaders Mm-hmm. Seems to be the mission. <laughs> so, there we go. I'm starting to promote the school it's, it's here. It's so good. It's so good, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, Seems to be the mission field, but be the mission mm, force. <laughs> and that just gets me every time. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to share that story and kind of have our own little thoughts about it, too. Um, on to our, our next one. We're doing kind of like a, I don't want to do like whiplash to you guys, but we'll just kind of go into our next news type thing um actually just happened recently is a tunnel fire fire. the in flagstaff well we're in flagstaff but it was like northeast of here for about 14 miles out in Doney park and it was super crazy yeah that that whole week was a huge emotional roller coaster (laughs) um but if you guys don't know there was a a pretty big fire here in flagstaff that happened happened a couple of weeks ago um, it started about April 17th on Sunday. Um, I actually didn't hear about it until maybe Tuesday, I think. I didn't hear about it until Tuesday. And that was when it was getting a lot bigger. Um, and then it just started, I remember alerts going off in yeah. chapel <laughs> and people getting ready for, um, here in Arizona, we have a ready, set, go system. Um, but people were getting alerts for like, be ready to evacuate, um, set, you know, hmm. get ready more or like have your stuff ready. Yeah. And then go as you need to leave the area. Um, but I, I remember we're we're all we're having chap after chapel lunch. Yeah, lunch. Yeah. And then um, Kareen, the dean of women here, she had come out, and it was actually getting pretty bad because some of the staff do live out in Doney Park area, mm-hmm. so they had gone out there and they were they were getting actually you know checking on their houses, getting stuff out of their house. Um, and it wasn't until a little after lunch that Kareen had come out and she was, she told us, you know, got gathered all, us all up and, um, we actually were praying for 
the fire and the president of the school, Jason Coppin, um, his his house and amongst others were greatly affected. It was just so crazy. Like just all this happened in a span of like two or three days. Yeah. And it was just like one thing after another. Yeah, I think what like I remember uh, just a quick little story is um, one of my friends, my neighbor in the neighborhood, one back at home. Shout out White Bird, and, you know, straight out of White Bird. That's my neighborhood. <laughs> but uh, I remember um, one of my friends came running to our door, like banging on our door, and said, "Our, our cousin, you know, his house is burning down." And then like, so I like grabbed my shoes, and I, you know, he's just. Right in my back, you know, kind of like in my backyard, so you could just see it from right there. So I happened to look out the backyard. The whole house was on fire. Oh, my gosh. And, like, he was, like, in front of the house, like, screaming and sobbing, crying. Mm -hmm. And, like, I just felt his pain. And I was getting, we were getting pretty scared because, you know, there were still cars parked in that house, like, garage. So, like, it was getting pretty dangerous there. Along with that, yeah, I, you know, I had a, you know, there's a lot of memories I have with, Jason's house, and that's where I kind of felt the pain. You know, I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, man, I, I really felt bad for Jason because I, I felt like we were all going on this emotional roller coaster with him. Like, oh yeah, like, yeah, like we were like his house burned down, and then we we're like, oh wait, his house is still standing, <laughs> and then oh wait, your house burned down, mm-hmm. and then like we we're like, well, what was going on it's here? It's like just so many different people saying a lot of different stuff. I remember though. Uh, when they finally were able to go see and got to see their house, it was around their house and so they did not touch their house oh, at all. It was around. I actually went out there last weekend to kind of help, you know, clean stuff up and um, just just help them get stuff ready for because they they host a um, Airbnb out there. So I was just kind of helping them get get that ready too, along with the rest of the Soma Church. But it was like actually seeing it because I hadn't been out there and ever since they closed 89. So I was out there and it's just so crazy because literally what Will said, like it was around the house, like almost like it didn't even touch the house. But you could see like the trees, the bushes were all burned, all singed. And one of the things that was really crazy was like some of the trees were still standing, but like you could see they were singed and like. The whole reason, I think, well, we actually don't know the cause of the fire, um, but I think the reason why it just, like, it it went from, like, 10 to 100 in yeah. 24 hours. It spread so fast. It was due to the wind, yeah, the first wind. of all. The <laughs> wind was flipping crazy. It And I think that's why some of the trees weren't, as singed as others because that fire was just going so fast through it and yeah there's just like so much there was like low humidity i remember seeing like a day or two before that happened like i was getting a bunch of alerts for wind advisory and fire watch and low humidity which obviously makes fire easier to light um yeah especially here in arizona it's flows so dry um now it's at like 95 percent containment i know a lot of people lost belongings they lost their houses Mm. 
But the thing is, it's really cool is that you saw the whole Flagstaff community come together. Because yeah. while I was staying on top of it, they were having food drives, clothing drives, people asking where to take donations, what can they help with. And it was just so cool to see like that whole community come together and like, well, what can I do? Not like, well, what do you need? And then maybe I can do that. Yeah, like especially like restaurants. They're like mm, mm-hmm. free food for you guys. You know, just let us uh, know that you're residents and you can get some free food here. It's like, yeah. dang, man. But I actually did talk to Jason and he said like it was really, you know, he said it was okay to share about this and share about um, just hit what him and um, that community have been through. Um uh, I got. I actually got a prayer request um, from him. So he would appreciate prayer for peace in the uncertainty. They're still kind of nomadic living. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of, you know, they can't go back to their house yet. And then for uh, one of his daughters, Abby's um, health healing for her. I know she's struggled with some health issues mm-hmm. the past year or so. So and just keeping the whole, the whole of Flagstaff that have been affected by it. Just. In, in your prayers. I would also share too, like, man, um, you know, been having Jason in, our, in my senior seminar class, and you really just, you see his heart really display, not just in my class, our class, and you really just see his heart display through his heart for us as Native Americans. You know, you can really see his heart for us, and for him to still, you know, you know how well he's really balancing all of this. Um, he really, really, like, humble man like Mm -hmm. like really and remember he was sharing with us in chapel one day he was saying like i've always been praying to have um i've always been praying to reach my neighbors Mm -hmm. or you know build relationships with my neighbors so like this open like a bridge or just built a bridge for him to to build these relationships with these his neighbors so like really just a big heart so jason if you're listening thank you (laughs) But yeah, so it was just really cool how us as a school as well to walk alongside him in oh, this. Yeah. And he really, I know he really appreciated it. So mm. love you, Jason. <laughs> All right. So for our next topic, it's something that you know, I like to talk about. Shoes. Mm, shoes. With the shoes. <laughs> no, but uh, I don't know if you guys uh, knew a lot about Nike N7. But um, just to give you a little example, I kind of pulled up their website. Is N7 is focused on getting youth and Native American and indigenous communities in North America moving through the N7 fund so they can lead healthier, happier, and more successful lives. So they do a lot just for, you know, Native communities out there. They uh, allow Native artists out there to create some of their product. So they make a lot of N7 shoes, N7 clothing. I'm pretty mad that Kevin Durant left because uh-huh, he, <laughs> he made some really cool N7 shoes. I don't know much other than Nike N7 creators outside of basketball. All I know is as of now, we got Kyrie Irving, who is actually really, I don't know, for other reservations, I was actually really shocked about this, is that Kyrie Irving sent a video out to uh, the Lapway High School boys basketball team. What? Yeah, and then just, he said, like, I'm rooting for you guys in the state championship game. Oh, my god! So, like, not only that, like, during the NBA season, he was wearing a Nets purse mask. And I remember like, seeing that. That's crazy. So, I was like, I wonder, I don't know how he's supported a Nets purse, but... But yeah, N7, though, is just a way to bring... Nike is helping to bring awareness of Native American heritage out there. So that's, that's what dope. that's what N7 is. 
So you should get N7 stuff. Definitely N7 is a way to go. Mm. Just real indigenous, you know. Just all indigenous. Yeah. I was able to get some N7 merch, but I was real ruthless with my shoes back then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, KD though definitely had the best N7s out there. Just saying. Mm. Should look them up. Um, that's actually cool because I know like a couple of other companies have like paired with um, native artists or even just to bring awareness to native peoples or like the cause that's happening. Um, Nelgeen was actually one of them. The water bottle company. I have a water bottle that they partnered with a Native American student. I think he's Navajo. Just kind of bringing awareness to the water rights, the water um, quality on reservations, especially Navajo Nation. Not everyone has access to water. Um, even if we do, it's very dirty water as well. So I know some of those proceeds went to donation or something about that. But that was really cool. Yeah, I liked what they, they did with that. And especially shoes. Like I mean, I'm not as big as shoes on, <laughs> as you, but that's pretty dope. Yeah, they actually, uh, on their website, they have a lot of N7 ambassadors. Um, Brandon Bailey, Noda Begay Third, Jordan Brewer, hmm. Madison Hammond, Kyrie Irvin. Uh, it's hard to pronounce some of these names, some real indigenous names <laughs> you guys have. <laughs> uh, Jude Schimmel, Brooke Simpson, <laughs> Jeremy Thompson, Lyle Thompson, Miles Thompson. So a lot of these are like, William X Like <laughs> <laughs> one, what is it? One, your head's in clouds or something? Oh, my nose first name. Or your nose first name, what is it? Wistakeet Callan, which means eagle soaring over land. And my dad said, because your heads are always in the cloud. What does Michael say? Kick the cat in? Pots the cat in, talk to cat in. So if there's any nose first people listening, I'm saying talk to cat in, which means good night, you know. And then we got people over here. Talk to Kent in there. the Hopi on campus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to teach them some nice first words. Mm. Trying to learn Hopi words, but it's too hard. Um, yeah. Well, cool. Thanks, Will. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of bringing it back back here to IBC uh, next week. No, not next week. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I wish, but got a lot of work to do. May 20, 20th, 21st, 22nd, like that kind of weekend. Yeah. We have IBC commencement coming up. Insert the clap noises. Woo! Dude, or sigh noises. Yeah, like <laughs> biting nails. Mm. Nervousness yeah. for some of us who are graduating. Oh, mm. Will. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, actually, so IBC commencement is taking place these next, uh, this next, blah, these next couple of weeks. Um, so graduation, if you're wanting to come and join us, you can. It is May 21st. It'll be here at the school in Flagstaff. Um, so the 20th as well, they'll have different acti activities, so such as a student ministry showcase. which That is will... really fun. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's cool. It's like a talent show. Yeah. Um, so like we'll have different um, students um, showcase, you know, what the Lord has gifted them in. Kelly's freestyle. Yeah, beatboxing. Yeah, He's slam like, poetry. Deco. Oh, yeah, slam poetry. If you guys... So back when we were doing our lives, we used to joke around all the time after, you know, after we got done with our lives and everything, or when we were having meetings. And this one time, I was doing a Cotton Eye Joe read, read of slam poetry, and it was so intense. It was really, it just brought the song to life, man. So dramatic. It's like if it wasn't for Cotton Eye Joe. 
Where would I come from? Where would I go? Uh, I actually, you know what? I can actually dance to that Kanye Joe song. Yeah, you taught Blind us. Dancing. Right? No. no, I taught you guys Footloose. Yeah, Footloose. <laughs> anyways, that's not my showcase. Yeah, she's doing that to showcase, so please come. <laughs> um, but anyways, that will be at the Student Center here at Flagstaff, um, 2229 East Cedar Avenue. I actually don't know what time it starts. <laughs> It's uh, saying it's 11.30, No, it's not that early. The showcase? Are you sure? It's a showcase. Yeah. It's not that early. Is it in the late. evening? It's in the <laughs> evening. <laughs> I think not it's bad. at 7 p.m. I mean. Okay. So it's in the evening. Um, But honestly, you can find all this stuff on IBC's um Facebook page. They, they've been posting a lot. So you'll you also get. find it on the Hope Team page. Oh, yeah. We'll and, put it on there. And the Hope Team page. We'll put it on there. Um, then there's a graduate lunch, which is on Saturday. Um, so that, that'll be 1130 in the commons here at IBC. Yeah. So if you are, you know, graduate or you, <laughs> you are a graduate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so I won't be there. So. <laughs> um, we'll be having lunch for them in celebration of them. Um, 1130 in the, in the commons here at IBC. Um, again, more info will be on the IBC Hope page or the IBC page. Um, commencement is actually online as well, mm. so you can watch it online wherever you're from, whichever res you come from. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually, uh, me, Daniel, and Aaron, we're actually going to figure out to do something really different. Um, I mean, like I get it, oh, the lack of resources and kind of stuff like that, but um, Aaron and I are going to use our own MacBooks to help out with the service, the mm. commencement service. So. MacBooks where it is. Yeah. So mm. get your Mac get a MacBook. Get a MacBook. It's worth the investment. Mm. Um Daniel and Aaron are actually opened up for my ideas. So I'm actually asking like I'm just not telling you this, Kelly, but I might need your help. Oh so, yeah. So Wait, yeah. what do you need my help with? Um getting different shots on with your phone. Because yeah. there's a way um it's called OBS. Some OBS something is where you have your main camera, and then you can use your phones as different cameras. What? Yeah, so it would all still be on live, and you can switch cameras while you're live. I did not know that. That's really cool. So now that we are, you know, I'm open to let them use my MacBook or Aaron's because Aaron's can do it too. Mm. And then just saying, you guys got a 13 Pro Max, mm. you know, just real fancy over here. Oh, yeah. Bougie. Pro Max is where it's at. No, um, I'm just so. kidding. I'm not going to lie. I dropped my phone on my knee, and I got a bruise for, like, a whole week, and it was, like, black and blue. Did you cry? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah, so I was, I was like, thanks for that story. Appreciate it. Thanks for sharing, Kelly. No, no, I'm serious. That <laughs> phone doubles as a weapon. Yeah, it is so heavy. It's heavy and big. And, big. But yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it because, you know, they're open to my ideas of what to do on grad. So mm. we're actually going to be practicing that next week. So Dang. Well, be ready, let me Kelly. know. Yeah. I got the Pro Max and I got the Mac. <laughs> I'll set up Sorry. here. <laughs> Just bougie. Just bougie. Yeah, so IBC's commencement, you know, next couple of weeks, keep an ear out for that. Um, well, that's actually all we have. So I really want to thank you guys for listening. And if you did listen to the whole thing, I know this was a bit of a long one too, but thanks for listening. Do appreciate it. Your and awards in heaven. Yeah, your awards in heaven. Jeez. 
<laughs> I was kidding. So our next podcast, actually, if you join us next time, it'll actually be Slam Poetry. Slam Poetry. Cynthia. Cynthia. No, <laughs> just kidding. Julia Roberts. <laughs> Julia Roberts. <laughs> and also, we're actually going to try to get more people on this one podcast. Um, Michael, myself, and Kelly, special guests, um, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> He'll be there. He's always there. But uh, trying to figure out who the guests will be, someone that can bring the bars. No, Terrence. Terrence. But yeah, slam poetry next week. We will see you guys next time. Yeah. Bye. See ya. Toodles. <laughs>